Welcome to Great Match Generator episode. This is 15, 14, 14. My bad. Um, we are on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Go to socialsuplex.com for all your great podcasts, such as Keeping It Strong Style, um, One Nation Radio, and other great podcasts as well. And we're here to review a few matches for you today. As we, as we do on this podcast. As we do on this podcast, yep. It's been a tumultuous few weeks. Matt, you just got done grading a lot of papers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Finished the semester up and it's, uh, you know, now I'm just doing doing a lot of housework. It's just been a, a busy, busy, busy time. And, and everything's opening back up a little bit as well. So uh, there's a little bit more a little more socializing going on, which is which is always a good thing. Yeah, so yeah, I'm I just got back actually from socializing with friends at a park. Nice. <laughs> so, so so I I rushed back here to record the podcast and I was like, oh yeah, we have some great matches to do. Um awesome. we, I thought this grouping was great. Um honestly, very similar matches. Really strong group of matches, uh, top to bottom. Uh, we'll obviously get into the details in just a second. Um, Shinobu Kandori versus Bull Nakano from 7-14-94. The chain match. Then we have El Dandy versus Parat Morgan. Hair versus Hair. Caballero versus Caballero, as they call it in Mexico. MLL 9-23-88. Then we have Guerrero Maya Jr. versus Beardus. CMLL. 10 6 2013, and then Bob Backlund versus Pat Patterson, WWF 730 Um, Let's start with Bob Backlund versus Pat Patterson. Backlund was over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is the only match that I had actually not seen before this watching, uh, you know, before watching for this podcast, rather. And I loved it. I, I sort of have weird feelings about Bob Backlund. I, I like, I always love what Bob Backlund puts into a match and I always kind of like him as an entity and as a character, but I sometimes don't like the match as much. Um, Back, Backlund doesn't quite give as much often as I would want because he's such a plucky, fiery baby face. I always want to see him do a little bit more uh, on the comeback rather than just kind of eat, gobbling guys up, which he can do sometimes. But here yeah. um, we get a really good back and forth. I mean, he starts by controlling the match. He's, he's dominant early on, but that gives us a sort of proper narrative grounding for Patterson to be the cheating conniving heel and, and, you know, beg away when he, when he needs to, but also take advantage um, when he can. And I think that gives a really, really great dynamic to this match. Um, they, they just tell a great story in it. Could we say this is the defining Patterson match or the slaughter match? Is the I think the slaughter match is better uh, myself. I, I mean, this is a really, really good Patterson match, but I, I still prefer the slaughter match by some distance. Yeah, I prefer but, the slaughter match too. Um, but this um, is very good performance by Patterson. Um, yeah, I really like yeah, go ahead, the sorry. heel tendencies that Patterson brings to this match, um, even more than the slaughter match. But the slaughter match is just a brawl amongst brawls in history yeah. of wrestling. Well, well, Patterson's a face in the the slaughter match. He's he's the kind of fiery baby mm-hmm. face in that match. So this is maybe the best like 
heel Patterson yeah. performance I've seen. Although, uh, admittedly, I'm not like a, a super well versed Patterson fan. I, I, I've always liked what I've seen from his prime, but um, there are many gems that I'm probably missing. Uh, I would say just sort of quickly to highlight a few things I really, really loved about this. There's this like um, really wonderful spot where I, I believe Patterson's on the outside and, uh, and, uh, Backlund like drapes his arm over the rope and and like falls down with it and Patterson sells it. Sells like he it. Yeah, that, that was one I was going to point out too because um, such a, I love that. Yeah, such an awesome selling for the cheap seats moment, which is this entire match. This entire match is made to be watched from like the balcony. Um, I, I also really really love the punch punch exchange when uh, Patterson gets back in the ring from that and he's he's kind of bloodied from the work on the outside. And uh, I thought that was a, a moment. I talk about moments that elevate matches a lot. I think that moment really elevated this match and brought it to where it is for me. Um, you know, you get sort of a squirrely finish in this, but it's, it's fine. It doesn't feel cheap. It, it feels thought out in terms of what it gives everybody in the match and at least watching it in a vacuum. Um, I thought it worked really, really well. The one kind of weird complaint I had about this match is that they kept going to the um, near right corner over and over again. Like that's weird. Like Backlund, yeah, like Backlund would keep like sort of having him outside and then like fighting him off in that corner. And it wasn't like a bad spot. It just seemed like they did it three times, I think, in the match. And it, I, I don't know. It just the the, re- the repetition of this kind of very strange um, area of, of the ring. Um, I don't, it, maybe not even complaint is the right word. It just struck me as, as weird. Um, didn't yeah. I guess it didn't necessarily hurt the match for me much, but um, yeah, just kind of a strange little observation. But they had a great match and really great dynamic. You see why they're both legends and why they were both kind of uh, top of the card at the time in, in the late 70s. Yeah, and Backlund gets a lot of flack um, for his championship run, but I thought this one, this match was very good. Um, yeah. And he has this quite was, a, wasn't boring. This wasn't boring at all. This was 30 yeah. minutes and it flew by. Yeah, he has quite a few good matches, I think. And and Backlund is probably unfairly maligned in a lot of circles. But yeah, I think I think really highly of Backlund overall. Again, I, I think often I like him more as an input wrestler more than an output wrestler. I think I, I like what he does. Um, but maybe the matches don't always finish quite as high for me. But uh, but he's still involved in some greats, uh, and this is, I think, among them. I think this is a really legitimately awesome match. Totally understand why it's been nominated for the greatest match ever project, and uh, I would definitely encourage everybody to go check this out. Yeah, I would Readily encourage everybody to check this out. Too. I, I had a four and a quarter. Uh, I have a four and a half. I, I, I liked it that much. I think it's – but, I mean, again, I'm often a, a kind of generous grader. Uh, overall yeah. but I, I think this is easily a four and a half star match i think it holds up with stuff that i've marked as four and a half from this year um i think it holds up right next to that stuff so yeah i haven't seen much 79 wrestling but um if if 1979 wrestling was like this i'd be up for it all day yeah yeah it's, it's the 70s are a time people should just be checking out up next, we have El Dandy versus Peralta Morgan. I have a lot to say about this match. This match is awesome. This, this match has a lot of blood spitting, a lot of gritty, cheap, just pure Lucha Bra-esque 
tropes that I just love. I watched it this morning, and I, the spot that get, gets me every time is um, when the ref pulls off Karata Morgan from from El Dandy from biting El Dandy, and he just spits the blood out. I, I, I audibly just like ah! <laughs> that that spot right there just like did it for me and sold it this, for me. This, this is awesome. Yeah, this is such a great. This is one of the first probably Lucha matches I ever watched just as a, I was, when I was getting into Lucha, I was like kind of listening to podcasts for um, the first or the, the last time around the greatest wrestler ever project. And a lot of people were hyping different Lucha guys. And this kind of came up with El Dandy and Parada Morgan as, as a match to, to go see. And I, I absolutely love it. I think it's, like you said, it's, it's a pure, it's a stakes Lucha brawl, right? It's, it's, that's kind of the form of Cabe. it and it's hatred and it's malice and um you get a little bit of the like formula in the first two falls but oh yeah it was a raft and with everything yeah. but the third fall is just excellent with the crazy tope that el dandy does the tope that el dandy does is like top five top five yeah it's a great yeah el dandy in this period like late 80s early 90s is so good and it's so sad that like he gets remembered more for that like little WCW run and Bret Hart's uh, passing comment about him in uh, that interview because Dandy in the late eighties and early nineties was so awesome. Nobody got their ass beat before the bell, like El Dandy. And uh, like, just like here, like Parada jumps him. He's, I think he's bloody in like, like the first couple two minutes. minutes of the match. <laughs> two minutes. Um, two yeah. Minutes. Yeah. And, and you get, you get a pretty standard first fall is, um, you know, goes to, to Parada Morgan. Second fall is where we see the shift in momentum to Dandy. And then the third fall is where we get the nice uh, back and forth. And, um, you know, Parada has to be one of the best bladers ever in wrestling. Oh my God. He is. That was a gush. He is a horror movie come to life at the end of this match. And uh, this is. It, this is probably a match that's that's very lucha to me and by that i mean like there's some like the lucha pacing and some of the cooperation on the moves is not for everybody but i think if you are a person who can kind of get in that lucha mindset or that old school lucha mindset and enjoy it this is a, a fantastic match um, a match that kind of sits just outside real contention for like maybe something like the greatest match ever for me, but still one that is, you know, it's just pure Lucha goodness and, and definitely a, a microcosm of how great Dandy was in this time period and how great Parada Morgan was. I mean, people, people talk about in the eighties, Parada Morgan as a legitimate wrestler of the year, like best wrestler in the world kind of candidate. Yeah. This is, I think just after that, um, or just after how, like when people think, of him in that regard, but he's still great. And he's kind of in the process of shifting his style to more of the brawling. Um, and he's, I think he's fantastic at it. So this is pure, great hatred and violence. And if you are okay with the bloodiness and the spitting of the blood and all the, the stuff we know we shouldn't, people shouldn't be doing really, uh, but they did it. And during this time period, this match is great for you. Yeah, this is, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is just, and, I don't really care about the Lucha Trolls. I, I really don't because it's like, it's so done well. It's done yeah. well. And yeah. I was like, I was like, I used to have a whole diatribe about like, oh, I don't get Lucha. But now yeah. I'm like, 
Oh, I'm in love with it. Four and three quarters. This is this is insane. Uh, yeah, same. Four and three quarters for me. I, I you know, I, I completely agree. I don't. It doesn't bother me at all. Like I, I, I really can get into lucha and love lucha i do have a little bit of like there's a disjointedness when i jump from something else to lucha sometimes oh yeah yeah kinda... when you jump from aew to lucha it's like oh. yeah well and I, and I jumped from backland patterson to this match i think i think that's the order i watched them in and so um I, you know it that was not so much of a crazy jump to me no it's not a crazy jump Sometimes I can like I can understand the criticisms and I try to be um, sympathetic to them, but I also just you know I, I unabashedly love this stuff. It's really really great wrestling. Yeah, it, it, it's just done differently. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and which is not done like this anymore. It's more done like the stuff we saw in the fourth match, um, but the third match. Mm-hmm. But the third match we have to get to chain match this is brutality at its finest Shinobu Kandori and Bull Nakano, two of the best female wrestlers of all time, two of the best wrestlers of all time, in my opinion mm-hmm. just dueling it out and I I always knew Bull was awesome, always knew, always knew. but Kandori just Another level in this match. She, 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 she just fuels this ass-kicking mentality, and I just this match made me fall in love with it. Yeah, I'm really glad that people are are kind of coming around on Kandori a little bit more in the last maybe year or so, and um, I've been. I, so I'll put it this way. When I, I recently like sort of did a big Kandori spiel um, of the greatest wrestler ever, because she's one of my top 10 wrestlers of all time. I think she does, belongs in that conversation. I think she's far too often forgotten in, in amongst the other great Joshi wrestlers. And that's not taking anything away from someone like Bull or Aja, Devil, Hokuto, like all these people um, definitely belong in that. But for me, from the very first time I started watching Joshi, Kandori stood out. I just thought she was... She was different. She was just great and everything she did. And even when the match wasn't an all-timer, like this match is to me, Kandori always stood out and she always she always elevated a match beyond what it would have been without her. So um, I love Kandori and and I imagine the the kind of general love will ebb and flow a little bit for, for a while, but I'm glad that um, there's kind of a spike in the Kandori in, in the respect that people are putting on Kandori's name um, as of late. Um, so this match, I think you're right. Maybe one of the better, um, one of the better examples of like a match that can, can really sell people on Kandori and, and show people sort of highlight what she's good at and her strengths. And that's violence. I mean, she's just really good at doling it out. And um, to me, you know, you've got people like Bull, um, Kandori and Aja never had a one-on-one match that I'm aware of, but um, they're, they're in a tag match against one another. But Bull is, is much bigger than Kandori, right? She's, she's bigger. She's the bruiser. And I don't think there's ever a time in this match where you think Kandori is at a disadvantage because of that. Like, she just is so mean and gritty and technical at the same time. And she brings that in a chain match because there's this giant like 
probably 20 foot chain tying them together and they are using it constantly in this so oh yeah um, the chain is used constantly mm -hmm. and i love it because because it's a chain man use the damn thing mm -hmm. well the other thing is they they it's not like they set up these contrived spots and this is something i think we get trained by maybe a little bit more modern wrestling we we see a gimmick match and so many of the spots are kind of contrived around that gimmick, right? The, the right. Too, too much setup. This wasn't contrived. This was just yeah. brutality. This is just an organic, like here, we're in a fight. What would we do in a fight if there was a chain between the two of us? And that's kind of the entirety of the match. Um, there are, this match I think is another one that uh, is really elevated by great visuals. Um, there are a lot of moments in this match that you could just sort of like freeze in time and you would you could like tell a, a, a large story through that image um through you know someone's bloody face while they're selling someone um in a stranglehold like just a yeah, lot of like yeah. the camera work was great um i think that it, it really benefited and, and 90s joshi is actually really good at that a, a lot of the time so um particularly all japan women so that match it benefits from that there's it's a brawl. It's, it's immersive. I think, yeah, I kind of was, was kind of thinking like, what do I want to say about this match? I just love it. Like, I don't really have a, I don't really have a great like reason. It's just a great match. And I think. Yeah. Me, I didn't have much to say. It was just. Yeah. To know, me, this is great. This is yeah, phenomenal. It, this is a little bit like, um, Kandori versus Hokuto from dream slam, which I, I think is the greatest match ever. It's a little bit like that in the biggest payoff the biggest selling that it just you get immersed in it you get immersed in their hatred for one another and yeah. you get lost in this really organic feeling story that they're telling a, through the match it's not about it's it's sort of not this it's not melodrama it's a fight and it feels like a fight from start to finish and um and and i don't want to take anything away from bulnakano because bulnakano is to me the second best female wrestler of all time i think kandori is one to me bulls number two um and and they're both you know right up there with the greatest ever so i'm not just to make a gender distinction i'm like they are amongst the absolute greatest of all time and should be considered with them in my book so um they're this match is an all-time great to me this is will show you what to like about both wrestlers. It has a amazing finish where it feels like Bull has to bring out everything she has. She has to basically try to kill Kandori to beat her. Um, so it's a match that finishes with a really clear winner, but I don't think anybody loses in this match. Um, you know, also the best two people tied together match I can think of. It's, it's, phenomenal it's it's basically perfect to me um and they will say the only thing I've, I've seen people complain about the brawl in the crowd um in this match i think it's awesome i think I, i'm okay with it, it it feeds off the unpredictability <laughs> yeah well there's the like people will oftentimes point like oh they're just kind of like walking through the cloud like one person's like leading another person through the crowd okay fine but they're also like tied together right it's i think there's like a little bit of I can do a little bit of, um, you know, justifying things in my own mind because I love it so much and that's fine. But I also think there's some really cool moments in there where like 
Kandori fires back and kind of in the crowd, all you really see is her arm kind of go up and just come down on Bull's head, which just, again, visually is kind of cool. It's, it's more the stuff you don't see in that that's interesting and, and awesome um, than what you do. And I think you wouldn't get that without a little, a few moments of crowd brawling to add to the chaos. But that was, I just wanted to, because I do know that's a criticism some people have, I figure I might as well acknowledge it instead of just heaping praise on this match uh, endlessly. Five. Full five for me. Um, unquestioned, you know, if if this is like to the level where if I were to reevaluate my star ratings and knock everything, knock almost everything down a quarter star um, and be not as generous as, as I am sometimes, this would still be one of the few that I would I would keep with five. Um, yeah, I'm like, is, I'm, I'm still generous and I give this five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is to me one of the top, I think I have this in my top 20 all time. I, I think this is perfect. Um, absolutely fantastic stuff. That is something totally different. Guerrero Maya Jr. versus Vieras. And Vieras, I did a deep dive on one of the, um, on one of the um, GWE deep watches mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago with Vieras. And nice. Vieras is great. Yes. Great, great back in his day, great for his age, just great overall. Mm -hmm. And he showcases it here. Absolutely. This is a virus performance, mm -hmm. unlike anything else. But Guerrero Maya Jr. holds up with him on, on, on his own as well. But the lucha grappling here is fantastic. I really like, really like the interesting holds. Um, it, it's just, it's just a, Interesting match, honestly. Mm -hmm. It's not nothing I would put in my top 150 or anything like that, but real really um really interesting match. Um with with like the grappling and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree and think this is a great if you want to see a different side of lucha. This is a different side to what we talked about earlier. This is the the grappling. And this is also a really good example of like how good and tight um, quality Lucha grappling can be while still being, um, lack of a better term, like fanciful, right? Like the- Right, the, right, right. The right. holds are, the holds are like weirdly intricate and unique and like, but they're so cool. Um, it's it reminds me a little more of like maybe World of Sport in terms of like binding people up. Oh yeah, and I haven't maybe, seen much of World of Sport, so I'm looking forward to in this um, project just like diving yeah. in. I think comparing um, like really top level lucha grappling and top level world of sport grappling is kind of interesting. They're certainly not the same. There's a lot of differences, but there's a, there's some similar qualities in terms of flashiness and just intricacy of the holds. And I think you see that in, especially the, the last hold in this uh, that Virus wins with, uh, but Virus is such an incredible technical wrestler. He is like so many elder statesmen in lucha you look at him and he's clearly in good shape for his age, but you don't think he's going to be able to do what he ends up doing in the match. He's so flexible, so agile and, and so strong. And, and he is a, a really, really great, great wrestler. And I think to your point, 
Guerrero Maya Jr. is no slouch in this. He holds up quite well and keeps up with him. I think all the submissions are um, really tight and, and also sort of have teeth to them, yeah. which I really like about this. I, I had seen this years and years ago and I, I kind of came away with a better impression of it this time around. I, I liked it more than I did in my original rating of it. So uh, it got a little bit of a bump. But um, the thing about this, I think, is this is just really good um, patient escalation of a match. This is yeah, patient escalation. I was about to say that because it just it just patiently escalates. The first fall was slow, mm-hmm. feeling each other out, you know, and then me, second fall was like medium pace, medium pace. Guerrero Jr. wins it, and then third fall they go a little more balls to the wall, mm-hmm. and it, it just. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's an art when you see somebody build the tension and the the pacing at this level, right? With this sort of precision, and um, I, you know, I like that that first fall is not a given, right? So, like in the other lucha match that we talked about, you know, Parada Morgan more or less dominates the first fall and, and gets the win, and you know, no big deal. Um, or doesn't feel like a big deal. There's a little bit more fighting in, in, at the very end of that, but still he gets it. In this one, this is you know kind of back and forth a little bit, and there's some um, feeling out process, but that feeling out process is still with each person trying to get the pin or trying to get the submission. Uh, and, and the first fall comes like this. It, it's, it's this weird pinning combination with a modified stretch muffler. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I'm sure there's something. I have no idea what it's submission. But it was so cool. And uh, I thought it was just, just really, really um, interesting. And then the second fall, like you said, they kind of pick it up, but it's, it's the moments, right? They, like this one uh, tilt-a-whirl backbreaker from uh, Guerrero Maya Jr. really stood out as like, yeah, all right, that, now that we're That gonna... was the moment he, won- he almost won with. Yeah, it's like now we're going to start hitting more impact moves. Now we're going to sprinkle in those impact moves with the submissions a little bit more. And, and you just can kind of feel the, the tension and the, the pace quicken a little bit. Um, and, of course, he gets the second one with a submission. Um, you know, one spot that I have to have to mention, I'm sure you, you, you wrote, jotted this down too, is that kind of run up the turnbuckle on the outside from Viros into the arm drag. It's it's incredible. I don't know how else to explain it. Sort of, he's they're in this it's like running up, he's running yeah, up the rope. They're they're on the outside, and, and Guerrero Maya Jr. and Virus are sort of have arms locked, and Virus runs towards oh, the yeah, turnbuckle. Yeah, runs up the turnbuckle on the outside, and then jumps kind of over Guerrero Maya Jr. They were like outside too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I remember that spot. That spot was insane. <laughs> just and so fluid like just such such fluidity to what they're doing but not it doesn't look overly cooperative in this setting and that's another thing i think is a real um you know real testament to both of them so i i thought this was absolutely incredible and and the first time i watched it it was recommended to me as a match to like here's a good way to get into viewers and I was like, awesome, I'll do it. And I, and I, I liked the match a lot. I, I, thought, I think I had maybe around four stars the first time, but I wasn't quite convinced it was, you know, worthy of, of consideration in something like the, the Greatest Match Ever project. And I came away this time really getting it, getting why someone would see it that way. It's, it's maybe a little bit outside of my real consideration for a list, but I understand 
completely why somebody would and that does some things some aspects of wrestling about as well as any match ever so um great stuff and again to, to you want to like get into some lucha submission stuff without yeah, this, sort of, is, this is this is fantastic four and a half this is it um, yeah, I, I have a four and a half too. I, I'm tempted to go four and three quarters, but I think it's I think it's really a four and a half star match. Um, maybe if it had, maybe if it had like two more minutes to it, um, I'd give it I'd give it a little bit more. I, I felt like the end kind of hit me just just a little before I wanted. Um, I thought there was a little bit more meat on the bone, but uh, that's being super nitpicky with a with a match of this quality. So overall, fantastic. Um, physical storytelling in the confines of one match. And then next episode, we have two Misawa Kawada matches, not the one that everyone knows. We have the 5198 one and the uh, 72993 one, both from All Japan Pro Wrestling. We have another All Japan Pro Wrestling one, Satoshi Kojima versus Tenru Genichiro. Okay. 717-2002. And then we have a little Rey Mysterio versus Loki. J-A-P-W. 11-14-2015. That should be a good episode. Yeah, yeah. All, a lot of All Japan and then uh, and then switch it up to uh, modern Rey, Rey Mysterio versus Loki, which I, I just saw that match maybe a year ago for the first time. Um, so it'll be nice to, to take another look at that. It's really fun. Lug plug chug. Uh, uh, yeah. So you know, as always, Twitter um, at Markout Mountain for me, uh, and then uh, the the greatest uh, match ever project is over at uh, GWE. Uh, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Um, GWEprojects.freeforums.net. So you can think of it as greatest wrestling ever projects at freeforums.net. Um, and yeah, that's my stuff, man. DJD Cooks on Twitter, DJD the Cookie Punk 43 on Instagram. That's where you can find me. And you can find us on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, socialsuplex.com, at socialsuplex on Twitter. Thank you. Awesome, man. Good to talk to you again.